one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. To what lengths would you go to get revenge against a company that fires you while you're sick? We'll get to that in a bit, but first, a story from Lime Cherry. Manipulative, power-hungry aunt torments my family for years. Costs her $300,000. This is a follow-up after nearly two and a half years. I can finally tell the next part of the story. Last I left you all off on was my power-hungry aunt sitting on $300,000 of worthless commercially zoned land. The surveyors deemed it not environmentally sound, and someone, ahem, tipped off the local authorities on unkempt land, and she had to pay a penalty and maintenance costs. Throughout the pandemic, my aunt shelled out thousands in insurance costs, in case of injury, fire, etc., and maintenance costs to keep the dirt ground cleared. A homeless camp ended up moving in on one of her properties, and there was nothing the authorities could do to get rid of them. In late 2021, her savings were officially tapped out, and she was forced to sell one of the commercial properties, the one without the homeless camp, for less than half of what she paid for it. The details of which I'm not privy to, but I was told her income tax on the sale was a major loss. I counted that a major win in my revenge scheme, and was in the process of writing this very follow-up post, until a hitch came up that prevented me from celebrating. My aunt turns around and sells her second home, not the six-bedroom house I lived in all those years ago, her second home she purchased in 2010. The newer home was a modest five-bedroom mini-mansion that she sold in January 2022. It sold for top dollar at the height of the housing shortage when there were 60 buyers for every one house. She owed the bank quite a bit remaining on it, but what she did invest and put on the down payment, she made an absolute killing on. It wasn't substantial, but the goal to bankrupt her was not looking good. My heart sank and I was devastated hearing this news. She quickly purchased and moved into a modest two-bedroom condo out of the county and close to one of her kids. Paid a fraction of what she sold her house for, doing financially better than she'd been in years. I gave up on my happy ending that I would ever truly get my revenge of bankrupting her. Summer of 2022 came and was nearly over when I caught wind through one of my cousin's online posts that my aunt was going through some financial problems. My ears perk up and I reach out to discover that those pesky IRS agents were auditing her. Turns out she fudged her tax return rather significantly. Lying on an income tax return and especially on a commercial land sale is a huge no-no. In order to get the funds, she has to perform a quick sale on the last remaining commercial land she owed. The commercial market at that exact moment had gone through a boom. Property was selling higher than normal, but in areas of economic growth. Her land still had that surveyor's ding that it was not environmentally sound, chemically contaminated, and it wasn't even fit to make a parking lot out of. She got an offer far lower than she purchased it for, but with a condition, remove the homeless camp before the sale can go through. My cousin tells me she priced a team of professionals to remove the debris, clean up the homeless, and get the land pretty enough to sell. She spends tens of thousands of dollars to a project management team who does all of this in one week's time. 
By the next week, the homeless had cut the fence and set up camp once more, but even more because it was all nice, graded, and fully cleaned up now. The sale gets postponed, and a team is sent out again to clean up, and security's patrolling around the clock for the next two weeks. More expense that keeps adding up. The company that was interested finally makes an updated offer that is far lower than originally agreed. My aunt rejects the offer, and the buyer backs out of the deal. Now, desperate to sell in order to pay her IRS penalties and fees, she sells to an offshore company for just above half of what she originally paid for it. Now out somewhere financially between $30,000 to $50,000 in expenses for improving the land and ousting the homeless. She ultimately lost three-fourths of what she paid for it originally. My cousins pretty much cut all contact with their mother and has this vindictive glee when telling me this. But the final nail in the coffin is about to happen next year. Remember that sale of her five-bedroom house earlier this year? She did it under that same illegal sale in order to avoid paying all the taxes on trying to hide it as a loss from her failed business. She's about to get screwed hard, and I'm sitting here with popcorn watching this all unfold in the bleachers. Here's till the next update. If there's one thing I've learned, it's to not try to cheat the tax man. After everything Al Capone did as a mobster, taxes is what brought him down. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy crazy stories of revenge, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is from NeitherGlove4355. Brother ruined my wedding by proposing, so I ruined his proposal. I, 35-year-old male, have a young brother Todd, 29-year-old male, who had a complicated birth and had to stay a month in the ICU. And because of that, my parents have always doted on him and almost denied him nothing, even if it was to the detriment of my sister, Abby, 32-year-old female, and I. My brother drinks in on the attention and has on more than one occasion made himself the center of attention at either my, my sister's, or a cousin's special event. Because of this, Abby and I have a strained relationship with Todd and our parents. Unfortunately, Todd met and fell in love with Lucy, 24-year-old female, who announced her pregnancy at the baby shower my mom held for Abby. When I proposed to my wife Michelle, 30-year-old female, I just wanted to elope but she really wanted her family to be there, so I invited my family out of obligation. While out, my best man Jim, 35-year-old male, noticed a receipt from a jewelry store that slipped out of Todd's pocket. Jim confronted Todd about this, which led to an argument. Jim told me everything, and I told Todd that he was no longer going to be a groomsman because I knew he was going to propose at my wedding. Todd cried to our parents, which led to a blowout, In my parents' eyes, since Todd never admitted that he was going to propose to Lucy at my wedding, I was unfairly judging him. I refused and brought up Todd's past behavior. My parents couldn't refute this and got Todd to agree to not try anything at my wedding. This wasn't enough to convince me to let him be a groomsman, but I warned him that if, as a guest, he'd try anything, I would make him regret it. Fast forward to the wedding, and surprise, surprise, Todd walked over to Lucy and proposed to her during Michelle's father-daughter dance, and did it in a way so that everyone would notice. Cue my revenge, Jim and I had hired a woman to pretend to be Todd's side piece, who cornered Todd and Lucy and claimed that she was pregnant with his baby. Todd denied this, but when she called his phone, I gave her his number and messed with Todd's phone to incriminate him. It didn't look good. Lucy threw the ring back at Todd and left in tears. 
When Todd saw the smile on my face, he knew that it was me, and I didn't respond to a single call or text from him or my parents until after the honeymoon. Lucy's thrown Todd's stuff out and has been denying access to their kid. Todd is furious and is demanding that I clear his name. I sent him a text saying that I had no idea what he was talking about, as well as a screenshot of a bill for the wedding, and gave a vague message demanding reimbursement for half of the wedding costs. Michelle knew the whole time what I was planning, and gave me the green light after Todd ruined her moment with her dad. So I felt pretty good, but now even Abby thinks I went too far. When you've lived your entire life in the shadow of the sibling, where everything they do is infallible, perfect, celebratory worthy, and you get the scraps, if that, it's hard to feel bad about totally eviscerating their potential marriage, but also it does kind of suck to see something insincere cause this marriage to end, or well, not really even happen. Would you say that OP is a jerk by what they did, or does this seem like fair game? I'd like to know what you guys think. Our next story is from Necrid101, wanna throw staff under the bus? Watch it fall back onto your family. I worked five years as a warehouse manager in a building that the head office was right above us. I worked with a CSR, let's call him J, and his father worked in the warehouse, let's call him L. We had a team of 30 people in the warehouse, and we had just had our online business active for about a year now. Before that, our main source of business was picking transfers for stores and really just stocking the stores. We finally opened the online part of our business, this is back in 2015, so we would sell similar products on the web. The problem is, is that if a store got all the product picked of one thing, while a web order came in for the same, then we would be at a loss because we don't have enough for the customer. It would already be scanned by an employee and packed on a skid. Not worth digging an hour to find a $10 product. Anyhow, J and L were both infamous for throwing people under the bus for their own personal gain. It almost seemed like they would do it whether it was personal gain or not. They were just low lives. The people I would consider losers. They both worked in the business for 10 plus years and they were both entry level positions since they were toxic and non-promotable. One time I got into a meeting upstairs organized by my boss, the CFO, the customer service manager and the three customer service representatives. It turned out to be kind of an ambush because Jay walked in with a stack of paperwork. I was new at the time, about four months into the job. We talked about the online business and where we did well, but ultimately where we fell short. Jay then dropped a stack of paper, pointed at me, and said this is a stack of issues that your staff have done in the past year. Literally a list of things even from before I was employed. He basically said that the warehouse didn't know what they were doing, as the stack included mispicks, incorrect quantity shipped, and other issues. I had said that this was the first time I've heard of any issues. Why would we not bring the issues up one by one so we can fix the concern or see where the issues lie and address it to correct future ones rather than wait for them to all pile up and become more issues? I said this and then said, so wait, you were intentionally holding off on information that could have helped this business so you can collect enough data to try to make someone lose their job instead? Jay said, someone should be fired for this. The CFO quickly disagreed, but I said, You know what? I'll have to look at these issues and address with the staff. So I took the stack and went downstairs. I found something interesting. No issues were brought about specific errors from the department L works at, his dad. 
So I went and asked the CFO if Jay could provide me details on each department, specifically Department 35 and 40, which were our laboratory and LTL shipment business. Both are L's position. Eventually, Jay took a week, so I had the CFO ask again. He gave me a few issues, but tried to sugarcoat it. The thing is, Jay had given me a few small issues with a customer we don't deal with anymore. Apparently, this customer dropped us as we had tons of logistical issues. So I called the customer and said I was a new manager trying to find ways to improve and wanted to know what happened. When the customer happily gave me a list of issues, I found it was all L that had created the errors. In fact, we lost three high-valued customers due to it. So I went to the CFO and got approval to terminate with a bare minimum package. J and L lived together. L was the person paying for the mortgage. When Jay found out I was terminating his dad, he came to me and talked to me personally about it. He said, listen, my intent wasn't to get anyone terminated, it's simply to make sure we function well as a company. I said, Jay, I appreciate your concern, but you made it very clear in the meeting that someone needs to lose their position. And I found several issues where an employee had clearly made us lose three high-value customers, and he's still creating issues to this day. Jay said, okay, but termination is a stretch. I said, I don't know how you found out that I was possibly going to terminate someone in the first place, but I do what I must to simply make sure we function well as a company. I played dumb that I didn't know they were related, to the point where after I had terminated L and was officially told they were son and father, I had gone to Jay and said, I'm sorry, I didn't know you two were related. If I had known, then I would see why you were hiding information on the department intentionally. Over my time there, Jay had tried to do the same thing, and I eventually got him to a final written warning based on staff harassment. He still works there as a customer service representative. Will never move up in the company. He has his age capped. I don't enjoy terminating individuals, especially when it's a parent who needs to provide for their family. But this duo? Screw them. I don't know what it says about me, but despite the fact that these are awful people that tried to tank other people and get them to lose their jobs, I still have like a twinge of sadness for them when I hear that the father was the one paying the mortgage and they just were out of a job. I don't know what to make of that because these were awful people looking to sandbag some other people, but I'm still in the back of my mind like, oh, I hope they didn't struggle too much. Our next story is from Troy Bunting. My neighbor chose the wrong one. We move into a place a year ago first-time buyers into a tenement building with a shared garden. The stairwell, or close as it's often termed, is self-factored, which gives the place a nice vibe and made it an appealing place to live. Upstairs neighbor was all over us when we arrived, checking in, sharing cakes and recipes, sitting in the garden with us and our dog, and generally things were lovely. We put on a few barbecues for our neighbors to help meet everyone and set us off to a good start. Precisely one year on, an upstairs neighbor now has an issue with the dog being in the garden, as he's damaged some of her flowers. This is obviously not what we wanted, so straight away I suggest that I'll happily send my own money to supply timber and a handyman to build raised beds, to prevent this happening again and to make gardening easy for her. It would probably be approximately 600 British pounds to do this. She'd complained of bending down and that she would be happier with raised beds previously but not this day. Today, she wants to moan and moan and moan and moan. I walked away. 
I saw her the next day and she went off again when I repeated my offer. Who's going to dig out the plants and what about the soil I put in there and then the laws on my side? The who what now? Moving on from there, I walk away and vow to never speak with her again and to reduce our use of the garden we pay to share. Next, she builds spikes and puts in barbed wire, obviously to deter the dog or hurt him if he tries to go near the plants again. Big mistake. Introducing my pettiest revenge, you may have heard it, it's called an Anoyotron. Powered by an insanely small battery, it lets out random irritating and varying sounds that go off at varying times and over varying lengths of time. I just bought two. One has been vacuum packed and put in her windows box, which sits outside of her bedroom, and the other behind a tile around her front door. I hope this becomes a lesson for her that hell hath no fury like a gay man mildly inconvenienced. Although it sucks to have a neighbor that let their dog loose and they went and damaged your garden, I think we can all agree that One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. OP's one of those good neighbors that not only offers to, like, replace whatever they can, but they were willing to buck up to improve the entire situation. This lady can't get over her poor petunias long enough to realize she's getting a golden upgrade. Our next story is from Wild Weed. Person who insisted on buying house says not worth the asking price. Late 90s, my grandparents had left a house behind on Walnut Ave in West Seattle. As much as I wanted to live there, it was to be sold and divided among surviving relatives. The estate planner said the house, would have been currently worth well over a million, would go for $350,000 but might take some time. I knew the lady across the street wanted to buy the property and rent it out to keep builders from erecting a three-story unit that would block her view of Seattle. I knocked on her door and told her we were selling and asked if she was interested. 
She tried to lowball me at 250000 and I said no thanks. Even if it took a while, we would get the full value. She told me to my face that I was stupid if I thought I was going to get that much. This pissed me off as I knew the property alone with the unobstructed Seattle view was worth a pretty penny. So I started knocking on neighbors' doors, letting them know the property was about to be listed, figuring someone would want another property on the same block. I sold the house to the fifth person that answered their door. Deal was done in a matter of days. I received a commission for the sale. The across the street neighbor who lowballed me called me up furious that I didn't give her a chance to match the price. I said, you told me I was stupid for asking that price and that made me want to sell it to prove you wrong and then hung up. Not gonna lie, I took a minute to go look at the area on Google Maps with the street view. It's such a beautiful little area. That said, in this situation, I think I would do the exact same thing. Even if they never contacted me again, I would maybe want to reach out to her just to like show her that I proved her wrong. Our next story is from a girl named Lily. Coworker tried to steal, almost got away with it till she pissed me off. I work at a veterinary clinic, and as you may assume, it gets very busy. I typically have the role as a veterinary nurse, but help my coworkers when I can. I was helping clients at her front desk because it was slammed and there was only one receptionist. A coworker stormed up front, got real rude with me, and said she needed help in the treatment area. Cool, I'll absolutely help, but I wanted to finish my task. And I certainly don't appreciate the attitude about helping someone else, so I snapped back and we witched at each other for a minute. Fast forward to the evening, this same coworker, who had no right to be a jerk earlier, had also used flea medications for her cat that was in today. She didn't want to put it on her invoice and specifically said, anything that costs money she didn't want to get today. So she planned on just not paying for it. I didn't honestly care too much because it's inexpensive and the cat needed the meds, so I ignored it. Well, because she decided to be a jerk, I asked our receptionist if that medication got put on the invoice, knowing the answer was going to be no. Amazingly enough, it wasn't on there when they looked. So of course, the doctor puts it on the invoice and they try to charge the card on file. It paid for a whole four cents, and we were all there watching her card decline on the computer screen. The receptionist calls the co-workers and says she doesn't have the money to pay for it. If she doesn't pay it, it'll now go into collections. If my office manager catches wind that she had no intentions of paying for it, she very well could get written up or fired. My manager and I are having a meeting on Monday, and it just may come out that she had no intentions of paying for it. This same person stealing from the company is supposed to be a shift lead, and then interim manager when my manager goes on maternity leave. This, friends, is why you don't treat your coworkers like crap. I'm thrilled at the petty slip-up of her attempting to steal from the workplace. I don't think it's necessarily don't treat your coworkers like crap. I think it's if you decide to treat your coworkers like crap, you better do your best to not give them the opportunity for some serious payback. And here, brazenly admitting that you're trying to steal cad medicine to the person you treated like a jerk? What else could they have expected? Our next story is from unluckylow6254. Dumped me but stayed signed into your Netflix, did you? So, my girlfriend dumped me a few years back after cheating, and I'm completely over it. Anyway, like I said, I'm over it, so I thought that now was the best time to carry out my revenge, because I'm over it. So I noticed that she left her Netflix logged in on my laptop, and Google remembered the password. 
I've had my own since, but it always asks which account I'm going to log into and pre-populates her password, etc. So about last month, I just logged into it. I don't know why, just was kind of half interested in what she'd been watching. I saw that she'd been watching Breaking Bad and was on Season 2, Episode 3, and just logged out and didn't think much of it. Until 3am. I woke up and had devised the most devious plan. I logged back into her account and just started letting it play right from where she had left off. Left it a couple of hours and then turned it off, so the next time she logged in, it would have skipped a few episodes and the point as to where she was. I then started putting shows on I know she doesn't like, so it comes up on her recommended and really screws up the algorithm. I just can't wait till she starts getting suggestions based on shows she doesn't like. It would be a real shame if her and her new boyfriend fell out and started accusing the other of watching Breaking Bad when the other wasn't there, wouldn't it? Anyway, I'm over it and not bitter, so all good. Hope all goes well for her when she accuses her boyfriend of watching Paw Patrol. Yeah, it sure is nice to have broken up and moved on and be totally over that relationship, but totally get your revenge, but be totally past that relationship and moved on. This next story is from Yellow Submarine 8891 fire me while I'm sick, say goodbye to books. So I was working at an indie nursery, aka a daycare that was owned by a woman who I'll call Ursula. I've always loved kids and I was originally going into the childcare field. I thought Ursula was a decent, understanding person, but I guess I was wrong. I've been sick with the flu for about a week, she knew this. We also had a team meeting and I thought things were going fine. That was until yesterday, she texted me asking if we could talk. She wouldn't go into detail until I let her call. She then said I wasn't a team player and made too many small mistakes. Instead of allowing me to do better or asking what mistakes I made, she just let me go. While I was sick. Now, I have ADHD and autism, so sometimes I do things that people don't understand. Usually when that happens, the people in charge talk to me and I explain. I told Ursula this and I thought she understood she needed to talk to me if something happened. I guess she thought this was easier. Now, onto the revenge. I'm a gift giver. My love language is gifting. So, I bought things for the nursery, mainly books. Well, I asked the one nursery co-worker who I'm still friendly with if she could gather up the books and some other things I bought for the nursery. I guess Ursula saw this because she texted me. She said, why is co-worker gathering up books? I said I asked her to do that. They said, why? I say, because I bought them. She says, but you gave them to us. I say, yeah, but I still bought them. You also never reimbursed me for those items. She says, can't you just give them as a gift? I say, no. Why would I gift them to someone who fired me? She says, what about the kids? I say, oh, the kids you didn't even let me say goodbye to? The kids I loved and don't ever get to see again? She says, you're being dramatic. I say, I could say the same for you. Stop texting me. She tried texting me a few more times, but I ignored her. I'm letting my coworker, who has a little girl of her own, keep most of the stuff. I just hope between OP and their coworker that they can keep her keeping most of that stuff private, because God forbid somebody that went and fired OP while they were sick would probably love to turn around and fire that coworker for no reason too. Shoot, they're probably already angling for that just because they went and gathered up the books. Our next story is from Myra2000, Mean High School Teacher Payback. So back when I was in high school, I had one teacher who was particularly mean. She was an older lady and she had it out for me for some reason. She was my first class of the day and it always tainted my day. 
She was clearly going through menopause because her classroom was always like a freezer. I would be literally shaking. So I started wearing my jacket to class to stay warm. She decided to implement a rule targeting at me that no jackets could be worn in class because it was a fire hazard. It literally made no sense. So one day I'm wearing my jacket in her class and she asks me to remove it. I comply but I'm wearing a tank top underneath. This is against the dress code. When girls would break the dress code as punishment, the principal would make them wear their jackets. This is in the days before Gen X and students fighting sexist dress codes. She sent me straight to the principal who asked me to wear my jacket. The frustration in her face by outsmarting her was priceless. I'm still proud. I don't know what happened to this lady while growing up or if they had some awful students along the way, but I've never understood these teachers where you just go to class and you can tell they hate every single one of you. Back when I was in second grade, I had a teacher who took us to recess maybe two times the entire year. Think about that, that's a bunch of like six and seven year old kids that didn't get recess pretty much for the entire school year. And our final story of the day is from Honeybee4796. Don't scream at the people who have the ability to cancel your insurance. I worked at a pet insurance company a couple years ago. Anyone who's worked in customer services or in insurance will know it's a job from heck. People yell at you for things the accounting team have messed up, for the things the policy writers have done, for literally anything that you can't control but such is life with dealing with the general public. One day, I was connected to Telephone Karen, who immediately replied to my cheery greeting with a pissed-off attitude. I knew immediately that call was going to be a rough one. She told me she took her large, older dog into the vet for a problem the day before, and it turned out that her policy didn't cover what she needed for her large dog anymore as he was getting older, so she wanted to switch policies. I told her I could do that for her, no problem. However, whatever the condition was that she got checked out the day before won't be covered, as it won't be listed as a pre-existing condition, which means anything that was diagnosed or found to be relating to a condition noted down within the past two years. That simply would not do for Telephone Karen. She started negotiating what she wanted me to do, which was essentially to move her over to another policy, one that would cover the condition her old dog was going to have for the rest of his life, it seems. All the previous conditions too, and if I could take the price down a bit, that would be great. I told her there's really only two options, to keep the policy she had, as it did cover a bunch of other things for her dog that I could see in his file, or to cancel and have no conditions the dog's been diagnosed with in the last two years covered at all with any other policy she would take out, with our company or otherwise. I explained there was literally nothing else I could do. Those were the policies as they were written, and I didn't make the rules. My telephone manner was calm and polite. I didn't go out of my way to make her mad, just gave her the facts. Telephone Karen started yelling demands and all sorts of curses down the phone, at which point I turned the call's volume down a bit and checked my phone for messages and stuff. This is common. We customer service reps do not have to be at full attention if you're going to come at us with total nonsense. When Telephone Karen had finished, I reiterated the policies and my lack of control to do anything other than the options I gave. She screamed, literally screamed in my ears, just go ahead and cancel the policy then, you witch, and hung up on me. The rules for cancellations were very clear in my job. If a customer said they wanted to cancel, we had to do it immediately. If we didn't and another payment goes out, etc., we as individuals could have been sued and lost our job in the same day. 
So I called my manager over and explained the situation that I thought telephone Karen had told me to cancel out of distress and she confirmed I had to if she asked me to. It didn't matter in what context. So that's exactly what I did. I had it on record that she asked, well, screamed at me to do it, and we had to cancel a policy if a customer asked us to. I knew the cancellation email reached her as soon as one of my deskmates flinched after they greeted a new caller. I had a sense that telephone Karen was about to claim another victim with her screeches, so I motioned for them to transfer her to me. I greeted her cheerily again, and she seemed to get even more angry than before, hearing that she'd been transferred to the person who has followed her idiotic order. She asked me who I think I am, canceling her policy without her permission, and I reminded her that that was the last thing she asked of me before she hung up on our previous call. That made her all the more irate. She demanded I reinstate the policy, but I couldn't. It was cancelled. The deed was done. I told her I could set up a new policy, and she begrudgingly said fine, and while I ran her through the policy she wanted, I went through the script we have when setting up a policy, and at the part where I said, and no conditions that have been diagnosed or been linked to a condition in the past two years will be covered, telephone Karen interrupted me and asked, the conditions her dog had previously been covered for would still be covered, right? Right? Wrong, witch. They're all now pre-existing conditions. Telephone Karen lost her mind, effed and blinded all over. She wanted to speak to the manager, who I'd messaged with the situation all along, as I knew Telephone Karen was going to ask for a manager. They always do. The manager told her the same thing I did. I'd canceled the policy as she'd asked me to, as we legally had to. I was listening to the conversation, and Telephone Karen said, But I said that when I was angry at that other woman. I didn't mean her to actually cancel my policy. To which my manager replied, well, I'm sorry about that, but keep this as a lesson for next time, so you'll have the mind to stop and calm yourself down before you say something you'll regret. Moral of the story, just because you say something you don't mean, doesn't mean it doesn't have consequences. Think before you speak to people who are just doing their jobs and don't have any wiggle room on policies they don't write and can't change. P.S. I just know some people are going to come at me saying I put telephone Karen's dog's life in jeopardy, but I was just following orders. If I hadn't cancelled her policy and another payment was taken from her, we could have been sued and I'd have lost my job. It's just how we had to do things. This whole story, and I just feel bad for the dog, man. And especially, like, if somebody cares enough to get pet insurance... I also kind of feel bad for telephone Karen. It kind of sucks to hear that with pet insurance, they have a built-in age cutoff where I guess they just get to the point where it's like, eh, your dog's at falling apart age. We're not going to cover most things. We can't be out here losing money on pet insurance. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely awesome revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.